Well, I am excited, excited, excited about tonight. I am, I am, uh, honestly, thank you so, wow, Jan, that is a, uh, a goblet there. Wow, is that, <laughs> I think we're all sharing, we're going to do it the European way and all share the same one, I'm just kidding. In Europe, they actually, you know, when I travel in Europe, that's how they do it. They have one glass and everybody in the church drinks out of the same glass and it just creeps me out. I just, I have not, you know, I can't drink after a hundred different people, especially when you're at the very end of the line. Oh, you're just praying, God, bring him a new cup when I get to the front of the line. It's, it's, uh, it, it is disturbing. Exactly. Yeah. This is, this is, this is a Texas sized communion cup. This is the big gulp. Anyways, I, I am so excited about tonight, um, you know, even more excited about tonight than any other message this week. And I've got four separate messages we'll be doing over the weekend. And then we also have a funeral this Friday. And so it's been a lot of study going on this week. But tonight, really, God has been speaking to me something so powerful about communion. For the last few months, as I've done communion on every third Sunday uh, of our church, when we have communion... God really dropped something in my heart, and I didn't really fully understand it until I really began to study it out this week. Uh, as you've heard me do communion, I always start with the bread, and I always talk about the bread represents life and life more abundantly. John chapter 10, verse 10, and the blood represents the new covenant grace, which means you can have this incredible life and life more abundantly for free because of the blood, because of grace. And I was definitely onto something, but I was only scratching the surface uh, of my understanding. And I really began to study communion this week. God began to speak some things to me that I have never seen before in communion. You know, when, you know, our life as believers is just searching for gold. You just, you just search the word of God for treasure. That's what we do. We search the word of God for truth and we discover truth. It's not new truth. It's always been there. It's just new to us or revealed to us. Or, you know, you're reading along and you've read something a hundred times. And then all of a sudden the Holy Spirit takes the blinders off and you see it in a whole new way. That's kind of what happened to me this week as I was studying on communion because I really wanted to do something fresh tonight. I didn't want to just do a typical communion service. I really wanted to study out communion and really understand it in a deeper level. And as I began to study it, uh, just saw some really incredible things that I want to share with you tonight. Uh, in, in your notes, and I put, put out the notes for everyone tonight because I really would encourage you to take the scripture home with you. And I'm going to encourage you to, to do communion on your own. You don't need a pastor to do communion. You don't need a priest to do communion. Anybody can receive communion. In the book of Acts, the early church, they went from house to house breaking bread. I mean, small groups are receiving communion together. Uh, I was talking to John Hovis this week, our prayer pastor. And one of the things we're going to start doing when we visit people in the hospital is receiving communion with them. Because as God really began to help me understand the power of communion, there's some incredible, incredible benefits here that I think a lot of people in the body of Christ have been missing out on that's available to us. It's already paid for. It's already purchased. And we just need to receive what has already been purchased and made available to us. First Corinthians 11. I'm going to read the story on communion. And then we're going to dig into it a little bit. Beginning in verse uh, 23. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Notice how he, he, he 
he gives a reason for the blood, the new covenant. And for the bread, it was separate. You know, new covenant and bread, they were, they were separate things. He, he's going on to explain even further what the cup is about. This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. That's what we do when we receive, when we receive communion. We are proclaiming the Lord's death until he comes, until he returns. So then, verse 27, this is where I want to really dig in tonight. Whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ, eat and drink judgment on themselves. Verse 30, that is why many among you are weak and sick, and a number of you have fallen asleep or died prematurely. That is why. That is why. Uh, in, the, in another translation, it says, for this reason, many are sick, many are weak, and many die prematurely. Now, wouldn't you think, that this being scripture, this being the word of God, Apostle Paul writing this, we would want to study what that reason is a little bit more. For this reason, many people are weak, many people are sick, and many people die prematurely. What reason? That's what I want to get into tonight. I want to look at what is that reason, because I think, uh, I don't know about you, but I want to know that reason. Because I want the opposite of this. I I want the opposite of verse 30 in my life. So I want to know what's the reason that verse 30 is in play. Why is verse 30 happening to people? I want to know for this reason, for this one specific reason, moving back. Why? They didn't discern the body of Christ. Moving back, they were taking the Lord's Supper in an unworthy manner. Number one in your notes, how do we eat in a worthy manner? That's the first thing we need to figure out tonight. How do we take the Lord's Supper in a worthy manner? Because we don't want verse 30 to apply to our life. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be sick, weak, and die prematurely. I want to understand how do I receive communion in a worthy manner so that verse 30 does not become true about my life. Well, the first thing I want to say about worthy manner is the word worthy here in the or the word unworthy here in the Greek is an adjective. It, it is not a noun. And the reason that is important is because many people, including myself growing up, I grew up Baptist and I was scared to death because we heard this scripture growing up. Don't take communion in an unworthy way. If you receive communion in an unworthy way, you're going to bring judgment and damnation on yourself when you could get sick and die early. And I'm not dumb. So to be honest, for most of my life, the communion plate would come around and I would just let it pass me by because I was scared to death. I didn't know what unworthy meant. I thought unworthy meant sin. And so uh, I, I would think in my head, did I confess every single sin that I committed today? Because if I didn't, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm going to be cursed. I'm going to have judgment on me. I'm going to get sick. I'm going to die prematurely. And so I just skipped communion for many years. Because I, I didn't, I, I was scared, to be honest. I was, even as a pastor for a few years, I would skip communion. Because if I was at church and I couldn't remember if I confessed every sin, I would let it pass me on by because I did not want this happening to me. I'm not dumb. 
I'm not dumb. If it says I can take communion unworthily and, and that means that I'm going to get sick and die early, uh, I'll pass. I, I don't need communion that bad. If it's going to bring judgment on me, I just don't need it that bad. When you study this out, Paul's using a Greek word adjective, not a Greek word of a noun, which basically means he's not talking about you because the truth is none of us are worthy. There is not one worthy person. We are all unworthy. We are all deserving the judgment of God. Not one of us in this room is worthy. There was one worthy, and that was Christ, and he died on the cross. So Paul is not talking about sin in your life. So for those of you that have ever been scared of receiving communion because there might be sin in your life, Paul is not talking about sin. He's saying in an unworthy way. He's not saying that you are unworthy. He's saying the manner in which you are eating communion and drinking communion is unworthy. Not that you are unworthy as an individual or a person. So what is this unworthy manner of receiving communion? Verse 29, those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ. So number two, how do we discern the body of Christ? That's the key. If we want to receive communion in a worthy manner, the question we must answer is how do we discern the body of Christ? Because what's the opposite of not discerning the body of Christ? Discerning the body of Christ. So if not discerning the body of Christ means you're receiving communion in an unworthy way, the worthy way to receive communion must mean to discern the body of Christ. Now what I want to point out, is notice how Paul doesn't say they're failing to discern the cup. Paul doesn't say they're failing to discern the cup. He's very specific, and if you read the Greek, it's very clear. He's saying they're failing to discern the Lord's body, not the blood, not the cup, the body. He, he's separating the two. And to go even further in your notes, I took the Greek word discerning, and I put it there for you. The Greek word discerning is the word diakrino which basically means to separate, make a distinction, discriminate, or to prefer. The problem that the church of Corinth was running into is they were failing to distinguish. They were failing to separate. They were failing to discriminate the difference between the body and the blood. And Paul said, in particularly, it was the body because they understood what the blood was for. I think we all get the blood. I mean, all throughout Ephesians 1, Colossians 1, we understand the blood of Christ and we understand what the blood of Christ was given for the forgiveness of our sins. We are washed in the blood by it's the blood that saves us. It's the blood that purges the iniquity away. And I think all of us understand what the blood is for. The problem here in the church of Corinth is they were they were adding the bread and the blood together. As one thing, and they were failing to diacrinos, they were failing to discern or distinguish the difference between the blood and the body. And I think there's many people today in the church that are failing to distinguish the difference between these two. That when we receive communion, we just lump the two of them together. We're not discerning the difference between the body and the blood. We're not diacrinos. We are not distinguishing. We are not separating that the body was for something different than the blood was for. The blood was for one specific benefit. The body was for another specific benefit. And Paul is saying, you are not discerning the body. He, they understood the blood. They knew exactly what the blood was giving for, but they were failing to discern 
the body. So the question is, how do we discern the body of Christ? What was the body of Christ given for? We know what the blood was for. We know the blood is for atonement of sin. We know the blood is for forgiveness of sin. We know the blood is for salvation. What was the body for? Isaiah 53. Look at this with me. Isaiah 53, verses 4 through 5. Yet it was our weaknesses he carried. Where? In his body. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. Where? His body. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. But he was pierced for our rebellion. He was crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. See, there's two elements there. He died for our sins. In the old King James, it says he died for iniquities and our infirmities. Iniquities, infirmities, iniquities. The blood of Jesus Christ deals with your iniquities, your sin. What was the body for? Your wholeness, your healing. Let's look at this. Weaknesses in the Hebrew is the word choli, which is disease, grief, sick, or sickness. He carried our diseases on the cross. When Jesus hung on the cross, he carried your disease. He carried your sickness. The entire sickness, the entire disease, the entire curse of all mankind was on Jesus on the cross. Not just your sin, your sickness, your iniquity, and your infirmity. He paid for both of them. Isaiah 53, he carried both of them on himself. The Hebrew word for sorrow, macabre, this is both physical and mental pain. Not just did he carry your physical sickness on the cross, he carried your mental sickness. He carried your bipolar. He carried your anxiety. He carried your stress. He carried your physical and your mental sickness on the cross. He paid for it. It's paid for. And this word healed in the Hebrew, rafa, to heal or make healthy. He was whipped so we could be healed by his stripes. The old King James says we are healed. You know what the amazing thing about unleavened matzah bread is, which is still made by Jews today, not Christians, unleavened matzah bread. If you look at this, the Jews to this day, they make it with 37 stripes or excuse me, 39 stripes and it's pierced. Striped and pierced and burnt. And they have no idea why. They have no idea that it's been fulfilled. When Jesus fulfilled the law, he fulfilled it to the smallest detail in a letter. To the point that the matzah bread we receive tonight in communion is striped and pierced. By his stripes, we are healed. What's the bread for? Our healing. Our health, our wellness, that's what his body was given for. The blood was given for the forgiveness of your sins. His body was given for your health, for your wellness, for your healing. And that's why in the communion story, he says they were failing to distinguish, to discern, to differentiate between the body and the blood. He didn't say they they, they were misunderstanding the blood. They knew exactly what the blood was for. We know what the blood was for. The problem is we lump the two of them together when we receive communion. We're not separating them. 
And they were separate things. Even when Jesus gave it to the disciples, he said, this is the bread, take, eat. And then if you read it in the Greek, there's a semicolon in the English Bible because there denotes a, a, a real pause. He says, here's the bread, take it, eat it. It was only after they ate it that he said, that is my body. And they knew what it meant. They had been with Jesus for three years. They had never saw Jesus sick. They saw Jesus' body healthy for three years. He wasn't like the rest of them. He never got sick. He never, he, you know, his body had this, 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 this thing about it where it was health. So when he gave the disciples the bread and said, this is my body, they knew exactly what that meant. They knew what the bread was for. They knew what the body was for. So number three, what's the opposite of weak, sick, and premature death? That's what I want to know. Verse 30, what's, you know, this is why many people are sick, weak, and have fallen asleep or died prematurely. What's the opposite of that? Healthy, well, and long life. How many of you would rather have the opposite of verse 30 than to be the one that's failing to discern the Lord's body? See, this is the power of communion. This is the power of communion. This is why people are, and Paul is saying that this should not be. Paul is saying this shouldn't be. You shouldn't be sick. You shouldn't be diseased. You shouldn't be falling asleep. You're failing to discern the Lord's body. This is why many among you. Now, let me clarify something. I want to make sure that that, that you don't misunderstand. I don't believe that if you take communion, you're going to be completely healthy and 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 never have an issue again that every let me clarify. I don't believe every single person that receives communion is going to be automatically healed. But what I do believe is what the Apostle Paul wrote, that there are many people today in the body of Christ, many Christians today who are sick and don't need to be. I do believe that. I don't know who's who, and I'm not going to go case by case and judge anyone individually, but I agree with the Apostle Paul. There are many people today. He says, this is why many, he didn't say this is why every person is sick. He said, this is why many among you are weak and sick. There are a lot of believers today carrying diseases and sicknesses that they don't need to because they're failing to discern the Lord's body. They're receiving communion and they're just they receive communion and they just lump the two together and they believe it's all about forgiveness of sins. And they're failing to discern the Lord's body. They're failing to discern what God's body was given for. I mean, this is God wanted us to understand the Lord's Supper. That's why it's in all four Gospels. You know what? You know why that's significant? Not everything is in all four Gospels. The Christmas story is only in three out of four Gospels. There are only a few things that are in all four Gospels. One of them, Jesus saying, I will baptize you in the Holy Spirit. One of them being communion. All four Gospels, the Lord's Supper. This is what we need. And I know people are asking, well, how can something as simple as communion bring such incredible benefits, bring such supernatural healing or health to your body? Well, let me ask you, wasn't it something as simple as a bite of fruit that started the entire curse and sickness for all mankind? I mean, wasn't it just just a simple bite of fruit that opened up the curse for all of mankind? And, and, you know, I'm not against health, but the Bible teaches us, don't put your health in food and diets and exercise. Put your health in Christ. Do the other stuff because you enjoy it. You know, you know what the number one theme right now at Christian bookstores is? 
health and dieting. That's the number one theme in Christianity right now. There's actually a book written right now. What would Jesus eat? Talking about the Mediterranean diet. Have you ever thought about this? Have you ever thought about this? Everybody Jesus healed was on the Mediterranean diet. And it was organic and it was kosher. And they were sick. So you can eat kosher, you can eat organic, you can be on the Mediterranean diet and still be sick. Jesus showed us that. Now, let me, let me close with this. Everything in the New Testament is a fulfillment of something in the Old Testament. We understand that. What is communion the fulfillment of, the Passover feast? And you may have not ever seen this before, but I want, I want to show you something about the Passover feast. We all understand the first element of the Passover. Spread the blood over the doorpost so that the death angel will pass over the house. But there is another part to the Passover feast. Exodus chapter 12, verse 8 and 9. That same night, they must roast the meat over a fire and eat it. Verse 9, do not eat any of the meat raw or boiled in water. Not only were they to take the blood and spread it over the doorpost, they were also to eat the meat, eat the body. And they said, don't eat it raw. And there's a whole teaching about not taking Jesus raw. Because there's a lot of people today that want to take Jesus raw. They, they, just, they just want the grace of God. Oh, God's just so loving and so full of grace. And we just, you, you have to understand that you have to have Jesus roasted. Roasted, what does that mean? The fire. What is the fire? The wrath of God, the punishment of God, the cross. See, you have to understand that there's a penalty for your sin. Grace may be free to you, but grace was not cheap. It cost. And you'll never appreciate grace until you know how much it cost. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to work for it. You receive it out of love. But until you truly understood what it cost for you to receive grace... That's why it says, don't eat Jesus raw. Don't, don't eat the lamb raw. Eat it roasted. This is all fulfillment. So they ate the roasted lamb. They, they ate the body. They spread the blood over the doorpost, and they ate the body of the lamb, the roasted lamb. Why, why did they eat? Well, they needed nourishment because they were leaving Egypt. Look at this, Psalm 105, verse 36 through 38. He also destroyed all the firstborn in their land, the first of all their strength, talking about the plagues and the Passover. He also brought them out with silver and gold. And look at this. And there was none feeble among his tribes. Feeble, lacking physical strength, especially as a result of age or illness. Close to three million people left Egypt. Children of Israel left Egypt. Not one person sick. Not one person weak. Remember, it was the blood that had the angel pass over. What was the next part of the Passover? take the body, the roasted lamb. And the Bible says, after they ate the roasted lamb, not one of them left Egypt sick or weak. So how do we receive communion in a worthy manner? We discern the body of Christ. You know, and, and, and let me, let me clear There is nothing in the Bible about taking communion daily. So don't, don't allow this to become a legalistic doctrine because we as believers, we like to, we like to make everything into works. We like to become legalistic about everything. That's what Paul was dealing with in Galatians three. People just love to become legalistic. Don't get legalistic over this. But the truth is, if you're sick, if you're dealing with an infirmity, why not take communion daily? Take it with your medicine daily. Why not? If it releases the health and the body of Christ inside of you, 
If he paid for your health on the cross, according to Isaiah 53, he paid for your sin, yes. He also paid for your health. See, let me give you a quick theology lesson. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5.21, there was two substitutions that took place on the cross. The problem with communion, the problem with most believers, is we only accept one of the substitutions. 2 Corinthians 5.21, Jesus took our place. He was punished on our behalf. It should have been us on the cross. We were guilty. He was innocent. He took our place. What's the second substitution? The Bible says we have now taken his place in righteousness. He took our place in punishment. We take his place in righteousness. Everything Jesus earned on the cross now belongs to you. God looks at you. So I'm teaching tomorrow night. God looks at you as if you obeyed perfectly. God treats you as if you obeyed perfectly. Everything Jesus earned on the cross is rightfully yours. He paid for your healing. He paid for your health. He paid for your wellness. Why wouldn't we want to receive that? Why wouldn't we? Why wouldn't we want to figure out why so many are sick, weak, and dying prematurely? What is that one reason? Failing to discern the Lord's body. Well, if that's the reason, then let's aggressively get with the Holy Spirit and figure out how do we discern the Lord's body? If this is the reason so many people are sick and weak, I want to make sure I'm doing the opposite. I mean, it's plain and simple. Just do the opposite. What's the opposite? Discerning the Lord's body. How do we discern the Lord's body? We understand what his body was given for. The blood was given for your forgiveness. That's grace. The body was given for your health and healing. When you receive communion, you have to recognize both of those. And I do believe that as we really understand what communion is all about, I really believe God wants to bless our church with this. With all of my heart. And listen, you, you don't you, know, you don't want to accept it, stay sick. But the truth is, I want everything this Bible promised me. I'm not satisfied with just getting into heaven. I want everything. Jesus said, my purpose is to give you life and life more abundantly. I want that. I'm not going to be satisfied until I figure out how to live that. I mean, why would I want his death to be in vain because I'm only receiving half of it? I'm only letting him pay for my sins, but I'm not letting him pay for my life. He paid for your iniquities, but he also paid for your health and your healing. Why wouldn't we want both of those? Why wouldn't we want the body and the blood to be active in our life? So tonight as we receive communion, I really want us to follow the words of Christ. And he said, do this to remember me. And as we do that, I want you to really think about what the body was for. And I want you to receive it by faith. When you receive the body tonight, just receive by faith that you're releasing health inside of you. Just, just believe it. Just believe that when you receive the body, you're releasing health. When you receive the cup, it's the forgiveness. The Passover feast is a reenactment. Communion is a reenactment. But what are we reenacting? We're proclaiming the Lord's death. Why? Because there's incredible benefits in his death. That's why we proclaim his death. Because of the benefits. What are the benefits? Forgiveness of sin 
and by his stripes we are healed. Forgiveness and life, those are the benefits of his death. Let's proclaim that tonight. Would you pass out the elements for me tonight? I'm going to let the, the worship team just sing that song Healer again as they pass out the elements. They'll sing a verse of it. And I really want you to meditate on that as we receive the body tonight, that he really is our healer. By his stripes, we are healed. And, and the reason I, I handed out notes tonight is because when you receive communion, before you receive the body, read Isaiah 53. Read those scriptures in Isaiah 53 so that when you receive the body, you're discerning what the body is for. I want you to discern the Lord's body when you receive the bread tonight. When you do communion on your own with your family, with your wife, with your husband, get Isaiah 53 out and really discern what the body was for and what the blood was for so that you can get the full benefits of communion and the full benefits of what Jesus paid for on the cross.
story in the Old Testament of a, a general who had leprosy. And he heard about this prophet. And I'm sorry, I'm so bad with names. and I've forgotten most of your names right already. So uh, he goes to, he travels a long distance to see Elijah or Elijah. I can't remember which one it is. And he goes and he sees him. And God says to him, tell him to go wash in the, in the river. Seven times, I think he said. The general is so indignant that he'd come all this way to get healed. And this guy tells me to go take a bath. He's insulted by that. And he leaves. He decides he'd rather be sick with leprosy than to trust and believe in what God has for him. I think what God has put on Aaron's heart is something that's a little bit difficult. We're to trust and believe that this little cracker represents the body of Christ. And we have a choice. We can travel a long way and hear this healing message and we can accept it and be healed. Or we can turn away and go home and miss it. On the night Jesus was betrayed, and that's interesting too, the night he was to be betrayed, this all happened. He holds up a piece of bread, he breaks it and said, this is my body broken for you. Take it in remembrance of me. Lord, I just ask right now that that we will see and receive this word that you have given us through Aaron. That we will see and receive. Not turn this into, as Aaron has said, a legalistic thing, a formula to try to get out of you what we want. Lord, what we desire is your presence. And Jesus, you gave us that by your sacrifice on the cross. So, Father, we receive your body tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Later that evening, he held the cup up. And he said, this cup is my blood shed for you. A covering of all your sins. The grace that you do not deserve, but the Father gives freely to you. He said, as you go through life, remember this. Thank God we have remembered and we've got right the cup. I think tonight we've learned about the body. So as we drink together, as we hold the cup together and receive the blood, the grace that allows us to walk freely into a choice of being with Christ, receiving his body, or stepping away from it. May we choose tonight his blood in our life. Father, thank you for shedding. Thank you for giving us your son to shed his blood for our inequities, for our transgressions, Lord. Yesterday, today, and tomorrow, Lord. Father, as we drink together, we just praise you and remember the great sacrifice you made through your son. Thank you, Jesus.
Jesus, we thank you for hanging on a cross, for paying the price for our iniquities and for paying the price for our infirmities. God, let us be a people that hungers for everything you made available to us, that won't won't be satisfied with half of it. We won't be satisfied with some of it, but we want your death to count. We don't want your death to be in vain. We want to proclaim your death and we want to receive everything your death accomplished for us. Don't let us be people that live beneath our dignity. But let us truly walk out in the power that you made available for us. The power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead is available to us. To work in us, to be alive in us. That your mission, Jesus, to give us life and life more abundantly, to give us that vitality, that health is absolutely available if we will receive it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us tonight. I encourage you to take the scripture home and really seek God on this stuff. Really let this message dig down deep and really talk to the Holy Spirit about it this week. Bless you guys.